Hello, this is Rob McDougall from Zang Financial here with your weekly economic update. Today is Monday, June 26, 2023. Let's take a look at the economic releases last week. We only had three and they were not all that significant. So on Tuesday, we got two housing related indicators, both housing starts and building permits. Uh, that new data was actually very upbeat, uh, much better than expected. Now, we've talked on this podcast several times about the fact that all of the Fed fund rate increases we've seen over the last year plus, that one industry has been hit particularly hard, and that has been the housing market. So we had seen that uh, get hit hard and seemed to bottom earlier this year. So it was good to see uh, very positive numbers in terms of building permit and housing starts last week. So building permits for May that came in at 1.491 million, which was better than expected, which is 1,425,000. So that was good, but more impressive really was housing starts, which came in at 1,631,000. And the consensus was only 1.4 million. So that's a massive beat in terms of housing starts. So the other, uh, uh, only other economic information last week of significance, uh, initial un unemployment claims. So we've started tracking that. We mentioned last week, maybe the week before, that we kind of took that off our economic calendar because it had been very stable and low for a long period of time. In fact, uh, weekly initial claims were averaging 220,000, 230,000. But then three weeks ago, it spiked up to over 260,000. So we started to pay attention because we do think it may be telling us something about the employment market. So uh, the following week then was another 260,000 plus. And last week, again, 264,000 in terms of initial claims. And that was higher than expected. So we'll keep an eye on that. Take a look at it again this week as it's released every Thursday. So GDP expectations, given everything we've just talked about, we always look at the Atlanta Federal Reserve's work, just give you their estimate. Their estimate for second quarter, which ends this week, June 30th, uh, their expectation is GDP growth in the U.S. 1.9 percent, which is really good, I think, given all things considered. Um, they actually upped that estimate just slightly from the week before, which is at 1.8 percent. Inflation expectations, which we talk about most podcasts, this is getting boring, uh, like in initial claims used to be. It has been very stable. I look at the chart since March, it's hardly moved. So the 10-year break-even shows us investors on average are betting that inflation over the next 10 years is going to average 2.22% as of last week, which is up one basis point from the week before. But very stable and very low in terms of inflation expectations. So Fed fund rate increases, we've got another one coming up, or at least we have an FOMC, Federal Open Market Committee meeting, a month from today. And the expectations are pretty high that the Fed will increase at least once. And uh, the Federal Reserve, uh, that was part of the weakness in the markets that I'll talk about in a moment uh, last week. Uh, the Fed has talked about the fact that they'll likely have two increases between now and the end of the year. So we do expect one at the end of July, the July meeting, uh, unless we have some horrendous economic data in between. But the Fed Fund's future market now has in priced in a 72% probability that we will indeed get a 25 basis point increase next month. 
So what does the market now think about interest rates at the end of the year? This has changed dramatically in the last six weeks. The expectation had been at one point we were going to end the year at a range of 425 to 450 in the Fed funds rate. Right now we're at 500 to 525. But those expectations have definitely gone away. So the expectation now is that we'll get at least one interest rate increase, which we'll likely get at the end of July. And there's also a 13% probability built in that will be 50 basis points higher than we are today at the end of the year. So that would be the range of 550 to 575. Markets last week, based on that economic data that I just gave you, uh, well, probably more on trading patterns in that the, um, the S&P 500 and NASDAQ had been really strong of late, as you might have noticed. S&P had been up five weeks in a row, NASDAQ up eight weeks in a row, but that came to an end last week. But surprising how it happened. So last week, S&P 500 down 1.4%, let's call it. Uh, so you might have expected large cap growth, which has led the market by far this year. You would expect that to give up some gains, but hardly. It was actually value that got hit last week. So last week, value in the U.S. down about 2.5%. Growth down only 1.6%. So on a year-to-date basis, for U.S. equities now, we have the NASDAQ up almost 29%, largely tech stocks, large-cap tech stocks. S&P 500, 14 plus 14.2%. Growth in the U.S. up 24.3%. And value up only 1.4%. It was the reverse last year, if you recall. Value far outpaced growth. That's reversed on a year-to-date basis. In terms of international returns, that was even worse last week, worse than the U.S. So uh, international markets down 3.3%. And now year-to-date, international still up 7.4%, but significantly now trailing the S&P, which is, again, up 14.2%. Fixed income last week eked out a small gain. The Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index up 14 basis points. Uh, Year-to-date, that's up 2.36%, which is uh, fairly solid. So unlike last year, we've got both equity returns that are really positive this year and fixed income returns positive as well. So let's take a look at the economic activity that is coming up this next week. Much more active calendar this week. Uh, Tomorrow, we get the Conference Board's Consumer uh, Confidence um, Measurement. Now, two weeks ago, we had the U.S., uh, the U of M, Consumer Sentiment Index. That came in much better than expectations. Uh, So the expectations are the Consumer Confidence Index coming out tomorrow will also be better better than it was last month. Last month, they came in at 102.3. Expectation is for the month of May, or the month of June, Conference Board um, Consumer Confidence will come in at 103.8. So 1.5 better than we saw in the month of May. So Thursday, initial jobless claims, like I already mentioned. Expectation is now starting to catch up to the numbers. The consensus estimate is for another 266,000 initial claims for the week before. Friday is the most important day of the economic calendar this week. We're going to get Uh, uh, insight on consumer health and on inflation. So first thing is personal income. Uh, That is expected to come in at plus 0.4% for the month of May, same as it was in April. So personal income up strongly. Personal spending for May, however, that's supposed to come in at 0.4 month over month as well. 
but it had risen 0.8% month over month in April. So expecting a deceleration in spending growth for the month of May. In terms of inflation, we look at uh, what we have on Friday is PCE and PCE core, personal consumption expenditure. PCE is what the Federal Reserve uses most commonly for their policy making. So very key to watch this metric. It is different than the CPI, so you almost always lower, uh, but it's the one the Fed focuses on. So PCE uh, for the month of May and PCE core will be coming out on Friday. So uh, PCE for May came in at a positive 0.4. It's expected to come in at a positive 0.1 month over month, which would equate to a year over year uh, of 4.1%, which is good because prior month it ran at a 4.5% year over year increase. PCE core, which is PCE minus food and energy, that's expected to come in at 0.3% positive month over month. Uh, or 4.5% year-over-year, which is down from the 4.7% pace that we saw in April. So that is it for our economic update for this week. We thank you very much for attending. Look forward to seeing you next week. 